fantasy, not much. Fantasy usually has more sports involved, for me at least. In a I've been in one landslide before, not fun. It was not a traumatic experience, but it was kind of crazy. Just like this podcast will be crazy, not traumatic. Escape from reality. No escape from reality. Usually I have some escape from reality. Again, without sports, that's hard, but everyone needs something. Go Queen. All right, everyone. Welcome back into the podcast, What Lyric, with a capital Y. I'm Jonathan Hudson. Glad to bring you today's podcast. Today is the final episode of the season. It's episode 10. And I'm glad to tell you, I'm not the only voice you are going to hear today. Here today with me is special guest, Cooper Stutiel. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Cooper. How you doing today, Coop? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just chilling out. I've had kind of a lazy morning slash afternoon, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. It's been a little, the weather's been a little down, but we're here now, so that's good. Yep. Yep. So what is your background in music? Give me every music title you have, et cetera. What ethos you want to give the audience? Oh, geez. Okay. So um, I'll give like a quick, quick musical history background sort of thing. Um. I started playing drums when I was nine years old. Uh, I started playing guitar when I was 11 years old. And I kind of played both on and off at different times um, until I was 14 when I joined my first band um, freshman year of high school. Um, And that band was called Some Antics. And uh, yeah, we recorded a record in 2017. We recorded a record in 2018. And we recorded an EP in 2019. And uh, we played like almost a hundred shows probably. And um, wow. yeah, we got, yeah, we got some recognition locally around Chapel Hill, which was really cool. Um, yeah. And then shortly after our EP um, came out, I decided to leave Semantics um, to pursue uh, a different band called Caffeine Daydream that, oh, <laughs> my cat is in the background. If you hear me. Right, good, that works. Sorry, yeah. that works. <laughs> Since when did you get a cat? So it's not my cat, actually. That's kind of a misnomer. It's uh, my roommate's cat. His name is Chicken. He's adorable. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see him out. It's right. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but where were we? Oh, yeah. So I um started playing drums in Caffeine Daydream with a uh, a good friend of mine who I had known from, like, musical stuff for um, years. And, yeah, we've been playing together ever since, which it's been, like, almost a year now, I want to say. We've probably done upwards of 40 50 shows but i can be counting wrong yeah and um we've recorded a ton of music yeah it's been a lot of fun really really consistent gigging and stuff um but other than that i've taught music for a number of years collectively um i have helped people produce albums i've at least co-produced every semantics or caffeine daydream um release so yeah so just lots of lots of music all the time (laughs) That's awesome. A couple of things I want to unpack from that. What's your favorite instrument? Because I know you do the drums and you also do guitar or bass. Yeah, so I do all sorts of stuff, actually. I, yeah, do drums and drums and guitar are my, like, main instruments. I can also play bass. Um, not like a real bass player can, but, <laughs> like, like I can play bass well enough, which hearing that bass players will, like, hate me for saying. Um, <laughs> but, and so I can do, like, a little bit of keyboards as well, but I wouldn't consider myself, like, a keys player. I can just, like, figure it out like you know with theory and stuff but I'd say my favorite my favorite as an instrument conceptually is the guitar but my favorite to actively play is definitely the drums 
Yeah, I can see how that would be fun. Oh, yeah. Going you can't do it. It's, it's, you you <laughs> look at it when you're a kid and you're like, oh, it's beat on these. It'll work. No, this is not. Nah. It's, it's very a, complex. It's very, uh, you have to focus like a lot. It's very kind of meditative that way. It requires like to be in the moment and completely focused in what you're doing, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So another thing you said you were involved in most of the production of all semantics. How mm-hmm. is that like? What is that like producing everything? So I didn't personally produce it, but I was. Um, so for the first two semantic, well, actually the very first semantics record, I did completely produce myself. Yeah. And yeah. That's why it's a pile of garbage production wise. <laughs> um, but it was also a pile of garbage songwriting wise, kind of, but not to, not to trash my own music. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And so for the second semantics record, we got a professional studio um, and while uh, our producer Ryan, who's awesome, um, he is a producer who studied at NC State. He studied engineering, and he and his girlfriend or fiance, I think, are about to move to South Carolina. But anyway, if you're in South Carolina and need production done, hit up Ryan Chabon. He's awesome. But he produced the uh, second Semantics record, and I, um, you know, was sitting with him pretty much the entire time we were tracking and a lot of the mixing too. Um, and that was really cool because that was my first introduction to like professional software and like how things are like supposed mm-hmm. to be done. And um, that taught me a lot. That just like opened up the door for me to like how audio works and like how to optimize audio and all that stuff. And um, so, yeah, after that, I started when I started writing for the next semantics record, I was a little more methodical about it. I, instead of just writing a song and just having it in my head, I would like actually write it in a recording software. And then like, I would go back to it and listen to it. And like, you know, I would move things around in the software and actually like, try to produce it a little bit. And um, that's how the songs on the third Semantics release, our EP called All I Know ended up. Um, Cause, and you can kind of tell they sound like a good amount different than the uh, previous songs. They're a little more complex. You can tell I kind of like, tried to move yeah. things around a little bit more like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it makes for like way more interesting songs personally. Um, that's why I did it. Um, plus it was just like a nice challenge after writing some of the more simple, just like verse and chorusy kind of songs, which are also great. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it just like, it was cool. It was a nice little challenge. And um, so, yeah. And then when we went to record that one, we recorded it with a, uh, a producer who is like also one of my super good friends um, not like super good friends but like we're, we're pretty tight his name is uh, Michael Greason and he sings in a pop punk man from Chapel Hill called The Second After who we've we in some antics opened for them a couple times but yeah he's awesome um, and we became friends when we first opened for his band The Second After and uh, that's cool he, yeah he heard us and he was like if you ever want like recordings done like let me know like I got you um, and I was like sick. And so when we had enough songs for that EP, I hit him up. And um, yeah, we ended up recording at his house that he uh, has with the bass player of his band. And um, it was just so much fun. It was like literally the most fun week ever, like just tracking all day, like hanging out with Greason. He's the best. Um, but anyway, yeah. So and he also used like professional software and let me kind of like get my hands in it a little more. And like he kind of he took we took more like co-producer roles with each other. Whereas the last time it was more like me sitting and watching Ryan do all the work, um, mm-hmm. which was great for me back then because I didn't know how to do any of it. I had no idea what I was doing. By the time we recorded all I know, um, I kind of could have some opinions and could have some ideas. And so it was a lot of me and um, Michael Greason, like bouncing stuff off of each other, um, which was really cool. And, you know, he also used the same software that uh, Ryan did. And so it just let me get more comfortable with that as well, which is Pro Tools um but yeah so that's kind of like my my production history 
Nice. That's cool. I like how you got to make those connections and how it helped in the long run. Right. Yeah. It was really cool to be able to meet those guys. Yeah. As far as Samantha, correct me here if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, it's really bad because we're like, we go back way back. But right. right. Anyway, um, semantics is pop punk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Semantics is okay, a pop okay, punk. Okay. I got band. it right here. Um, yeah. For everyone else who doesn't know what that is, what is pop punk? So pop punk is, is a pretty actually wide umbrella. It, um, it pretty much combines like the energy um, and instrumentation and just like band setup of a punk band. But um, the concept is that they employ kind of some songwriting techniques and like just some general harmony stuff from pop music to make it more palatable, um, more catchy. And so that started in the early 90s um, with kind of with bands like late 80s, like the Pixies and early 90s, like Nirvana. But really the first pop punk band, I would say that like really was pop punk and wasn't just a precursor was Green Day. And they were a huge influence on me. But um. Yeah, and so that's kind of like the classic era of pop punk, like Green Day, Blink-182, Sum 41. Um, that's like classic 90s, early 2000s pop punk. And so, but the kind of pop punk semantics was, especially on our last EP, um, was more this like second wave of pop punk that started in 2009 or so um, with bands like The Wonder Years and The Story So Far with their first records around that era. And um, yeah, it's like a kind of more raw sound um like there's more experimentation with like the guitar tunings and guitar chords like it's a lot more rhythmic it's just in general like a lot more complex of a pop punk sound and it's really really interesting i really like that genre it's been one of my favorites for a long time that's cool yeah um so before we dive into some lyrics here what what goes into songwriting for you what goes into making up the lyrics to make a song um all sorts of different stuff and it happens in a different way every time Um, like I never am able to just like sit down and say okay like I'm gonna write because I planned on writing like I have to decide to write because I like felt like writing and like had something to write you know Mm -hmm. and um so it's kind of just whatever pops in my head first so like you know I'll just randomly have a guitar part like one day or I'll like pick up a guitar and I'll like have an idea um get it down on paper and you know maybe one out of every like 10 ideas I actually really like and like we'll revisit and I know when I keep picking up a guitar like day after day and keep wanting to play that same thing that I should write it into something Mm -hmm. or sometimes I'll have like a lyrical idea like that anytime I have a good lyric or like just any little idea lyrically I put it in the notes on my phone and so I can just have them like sitting there until I have like an idea for the next lyric and so lots of my songs come together as like puzzles of all these different ideas. Um, and I kind of try to make them fit together in a way that makes sense. Um, but yeah. And then sometimes it won't be like that. Sometimes I like kind of will get an idea for a song and write the whole thing on the spot there. It kind of all just depends on like how long I stay in kind of the writing headspace once I start writing. Cause sometimes it'll be as quick as writing something down in my phone and then being done. But sometimes it'll be, like hours of me like trying to figure out you know what the guitar part should sound like mm-hmm. that makes sense it's more yeah yeah that makes sense because I, I feel like it's somewhat applicable with just writing in general it's hard to just write something down so yeah you get the idea you know like you can't plan too much because like you never know when you're going to be like inspired to write true true so um this part i'm gonna get into some lyrics you can say take or pass okay okay see you. so the first one is now losing control uh-huh. Uh, this month has been too much. I kind of hope it will be two years because the rainbow's inside me. 
have taken over the clouds and tears. I don't want to be the way I was before. Yeah, so that's the second verse. No, wait, wait. Yeah, so that's the second verse of a song called Now. Um, and so that song is about a relationship I had with my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend now, Megan. Um, and we're good friends now, but it was messy for a while. But um, yeah. that song was written when we had been dating for two months. So that's where that first line comes from. The it's like it's been two months. I kind of hope it'll be two years. That references the relationship. Mm. Um, and so the rainbows inside me have taken over the clouds and tears. It like it's it is what it sounds like it's a metaphor for like just general emotions and feelings like you know rainbows overtaking dark things like clouds and tears and so it's just kind of like a metaphor for like being happier mm -hmm. um and so yeah I don't want to be the way that I was before um it's just kind of a reference like it calls back to that previous line um talking about like before the relationship like you know with the symbology of the clouds and tears and stuff yeah, I like yeah. it. All kind of combines and ties back together. It's a good one. Yeah, thank you. I was I was pretty proud of that song when I wrote it. That was like the first song that I wrote for the second Semantics record where I was like, "Dang, this shit is pretty good." <laughs> yeah. okay. well, do you have any lyrics? And if you don't, I got more. It's up to you. I do have some lyrics. Okay. Um. So, the first one I wanted to talk about um was the feeling ill in Chapel Hill chorus, um. <laughs>
there's like something pretty cheeky I did with this one line and I want to make people aware of it. Okay. Um, it's kind of like a triple entendre, but like kind of not, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. But mm. so the second half of the chorus starts with the two lines, decisiveness eludes, do I take the red pill or the blue? Um, and so, yeah, so this song is all about um, just the headspace I was in um, when I was at NC State and wanting to maybe go to UNC and just being like torn up about like that decision. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been there. <laughs> so anyway, so I said decisiveness eludes, which decisiveness obviously talking about the decision elude meaning to like escape or like you know for me not to be able to capture. But elude also references the next line where I said, "Do I take the red pill or the blue?" Because that's an allusion to. Um, a movie called The Matrix. Yeah, um, love that movie. And, <laughs> right, and so it says decisiveness eludes, but then elude switches meanings when I make an illusion in the next line. But also, um, the red and the red pill and the blue pill also represents NC State and UNC. Like mm-hmm. it's like, do I take the red pill or the blue? But it's also a reference to The Matrix. So anyway, I was pretty proud of those two lines when I wrote them. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I realized that I realized the UNC NC State thing, but I didn't didn't quite get the Matrix thing. Makes so much sense. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um. Let's see. I'll go on. Then you can go on. I'm gonna let you choose. Uh. I've got one from the mess I've made. I've got one from Sinister, and I've got one from different person. Oh, all, all old songs. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Let's go with different person. Okay. Uh. Lyric I got here. Different person. When I'm at you, you seem so lost, but true. When you turned around, I can't help but notice that I found a different person that I knew before. What got away from you when you turned around? is about this friend I had in high school who will remain unnamed yes. who uh, just seemed like was kind of two-faced and like would kind of be nice sometimes but like underneath the surface was like you know kind of just not the nicest person um yeah and uh and would just do things that were selfish and kind of like self-serving um when people wouldn't notice that he did them even when they hurt those people so anyway mm. um it was all about how sometimes he was like super nice and like seemed like really caring and genuine but in reality um he was like pretty selfish and would do selfish things and so 
um that was like oh what where did your lyric start the one that you picked out it said when i met you you seem so lost yeah true so yeah um that's just kind of talking about like when i met him he seemed like a person who you know maybe mm-hmm. didn't do the best things or didn't have the best judgment um but had good intentions yeah. like lost but true um and then, so that line goes into the chorus. Um, when you turned around, I can't help but notice that I found a different person than I knew before. And so that's just like laying out the concept of like, you know, when he turns around and like the next time I see him, it's a different person than like, you know, like he'll do something that just like completely um, contradicts kind of like what his ethos would be sometimes. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's like the explanation for that lyric. Yeah, I like it. It's good. Thanks. Uh, what's your what's your other one? Okay, so my other one is from the first verse of a song off of our second album called Old Photos. Nice. And um, the line is, we looked at the photographs and laughed at the contrast of both our perspectives. Shut off these lights because I'm getting used to me.
Yeah, and so this song is probably my mom's favorite semantic song, maybe. Shout um, out to Miss Lara. Yeah, shout out to Miss Lara, um, otherwise known as my mom. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it, I know exactly why it is, um, and it all makes perfect sense. I, when I was writing this song, I was really into a band called The Wonder Years, and I still love the band The Wonder Years. Um, I got the pleasure of meeting their lead vocalist one time in Charlotte at an emo night. Um, it was the coolest thing ever. I have a picture with him. Nice. Um, but his name's Dan Campbell, and uh, I always thought his lyrics were awesome. I always thought he had the best lyrics. He just wrote songs so poetically and wordy, and like there was all sorts of imagery all over the place and just all sorts of stuff. And um, so, yeah, I was writing this song one day um, my senior year on my free period. I would go home because it was right before lunch, and so I would spend my free period and lunch at home. And um, lots of the time I would play guitar for a lot of that, and I was, like, writing the song, and I was like, all right, it's going to be, like, it's going to be poetic. It's going to be wordy. It's going to be, like, a Wonder Years song. Like, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, anyway, that's how the song ended up so wordsy. But um, for this specific line um, that says, we looked at the photographs and laughed at the contrast of both our perspectives, um, I thought that was, like, a really good line when I wrote it because it was about, again, a relationship I was in where – you know, we just like didn't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. And we had a lot of different perspectives. And like, there was a lot of trying to reconcile that. Mm -hmm. And um, the song is called Old Photos, because on the surface, it tells the story of like, us hanging out and just taking some pictures and like, you know, having this cute little date. But um, when you delve deeper into the lyrics, it's more about like the shortcomings of the relationship. And so this line, um, it says we laughed at the contrast of both our perspectives and contrast and perspective are both photography words. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like on the surface talking about the picture, but you know, obviously the contrast of our perspectives was like the things we disagreed on. Um, and us laughing at them is kind of like us not acknowledging that they are problems or like exist. And so anyway, that's where that line comes from. I like that. I like how it builds throughout the song. Most mostly your lyrics I looked at, they build throughout the song. It's really, it's a really good, it's really mm -hmm. cool. Thank you, thank you. Um, one thing, where did you get? And this is off topic for all our podcast people. We talk about lyrics, but I heard one song. The beat was just wow. So where did okay. you guys get the like beat for headband? A uh, headband. Uh, which chords? part? Do you know the the part of the song? Maybe the start. The start, um, so that, that song starts out with just a guitar. Um, the good guitar? Yeah, beat tends to be like a drum word for me, but you could be talking about the... Yeah, definitely just general for me. That's a general how okay. it sounds. So, <laughs> and that guitar part goes... Oh, live guitar. Was that the part you're talking about? Yes, that was great. Good job. Yeah, so I just wrote that guitar part one day. Um, I was like in probably junior years when I wrote all those guitar parts. And it's actually very, very similar. Um, same key, um, except relative major from this one's minor key, which that's not important. But um, it's very similar to another semantic riff, which is now. It like is super similar rhythmically and note choice wise. This one just sounds happier. Huh. Oh, I can't play it right. <laughs> but, um, okay. so, I yeah, I wrote a lot of difference. Yeah, subtle difference, but like the rhythm, the do do da do do da do do da. And that's like the same for yeah. both. But anyway, so I guess junior year, I was writing a lot of the same riffs. I think that's just like 
kind of how I played guitar. I was like, kind of, I had been into Blink-182 in the past. I wasn't really into Blink-182 junior year when I was writing this stuff, but I think I have always had a little bit of an obsession with how their guitar player, Tom DeLong, writes guitar riffs. He mm-hmm. writes these like super catchy, just one or two note riffs that just like complement chord progressions perfectly. And so you can kind of play the same notes um, up high on the guitar with the melody line and just change the chords that the other guitar player is playing underneath. And um, it makes the melody sound so different with every chord change. Um, And it's a really cool concept that I definitely got from Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. But anyway, so that's how that riff ended up being a thing. I just, you know, was writing stuff one day and settled on that and thought it was cool. Yeah, it's super cool. It worked well. Um, Let's see what's next. I think that's all the lyrics. What I want. Oh, um, lyric-wise, song-wise, how do you come up with song titles? Because you have really fun song titles. Uh, thank you. So I took a completely different approach every single time, okay. um, or for every single semantics release. Uh, so for the first one, for the very first one called The Mess I've Made, the first record, I would always write all the lyrics and then at band rehearsal I would hand my phone to Archer because I never wanted to write or to name the songs um and so Archer would look through the lyrics and like decide a name and that's why they all had one word titles yeah um or lots of them did um because he would always pick one word titles and that's not in concept like a bad thing but Mm. I kind of wanted to go away from that um in the future that's why like with the second semantics record yeah um which is called Not Very Fun at Parties. Mm-hmm. Half the songs have like one word titles because I was still doing that. Yeah. Um, like Headband or, oh gosh, I'm, I'm forgetting like all the songs on that record. But now um, is a one word title, unless you count the losing control part. But anyway, but about halfway through writing those songs, I started to want to like have more like complex titles that really like talked about the song. Um, but sometimes when I like kind of have writer's block on it, I'll just pick a lyric from the song that I think represents the song. Um, and so that was kind of what was happening there. I would pick lyrics from songs lots of the time. And then on the third Semantics release, the EP, I took uh, kind of the perspective of like, okay, what is this song about when mm-hmm. like titling it? And so like lots of those song titles are the answer to like, what is this song about? And they're like pretty vague answers. Um, like they don't tell you a ton, but like it represents the song really well. And I actually really liked that approach. Um, in the future, I definitely am going to take that approach more of just, like, trying to represent, like, what the song is. Um, but anyway, yeah. That's cool. I like that. Where did you <laughs> get the name for the band, Semantics? Uh, my mom. Well, not <laughs> really my mom. Shout out to Miss Lara again. Um, <laughs> so, I, if I remember the story correctly, so I was at a friend's house, a friend of mine from middle school, actually, who I don't talk to anymore. Um, hmm. But I was just at his house freshman year of high school when my band was starting and um, we were playing cards against humanity and I just started getting all these random whack texts from my mom um, that were just said random things like I had no idea what she meant by any of it so and it's my mom and she's kind of nuts sometimes love her though Um, (laughs) so I was just like whatever it's nothing Um, they're clearly like screwing with me or something (laughs) I just won't bite and um, later I found out that they were, my parents were at a bar that night, just like getting some drinks or whatever, hanging out. And my mom kept asking people at the bar um, <laughs> for good band names. That's like that funny. was their thing for the night. They were both asking people. And so one guy said semantics and it was in there in the list. And so when we had our first show scheduled. We were like, shoot, we need to come up with a name. Mm-hmm. Like we have to. And um, 
none of us could come up with a good one that we liked. Like, and so I just like defaulted to the list and I was like, how about semantics? And they were like, yeah, that's fine for this first show. <laughs> and, uh, and then we just never got around to changing it ever. <laughs> got it. Got it. That, that's funny. I love how Miss yeah. is on top of it trying to go at it. She is. She um, was. Let's see. Uh, I know you performed live a bunch. If no one's seen Cooper perform live, it's it's a show. Everyone, at least go <laughs> on YouTube and check out some of the live stuff they have there. Cooper's a great live hey. performer. Anyway, what's thank the you, craziest live story you have for us? Oh, God. Uh, so live performing is like my favorite thing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And I've done it a lot. Uh, not Not a lot compared to some people. But I think a lot compared to most people. One fifty compared to most people your age. I I get that up there. <laughs> um, and so yeah, uh, I have a lot of stuff. So I could rattle off just a few and like let the viewers decide what the craziest is. Yeah, go for it. Um, the first one that comes to mind is it was like one of the last shows Semantics played, like maybe the fourth to last one, like not one of the very last ones, but um, up there and. At the, the second to last song at the end of it i had to run out of the venue and throw up uh, like right after the song ended it was outside the cat's cradle and it was disgusting yeah it was awful i i had been sick that prior week like not stomach sick but like i'd had a cold and so i was just my body was in a state of recovery yeah and i hadn't really eaten much that afternoon before the show mm. and i gave like 120 percent at that show in my body. Do, yeah. <laughs> right and my body just gave up on me <laughs> and Ooh. so at the end we got through almost the entire set which was awesome but at the end of the second to last song um yeah i ran out of the venue and i got to say like thank you and i said thank you goodbye and i ran off stage <laughs> right outside and just puked my guts out and mm. um it was really especially embarrassing because a lot of my family was there were you guys there which one uh, which one was, it was a show it was a show at the back room of the cat's cradle but i think you guys were at a different one yeah we were Not... the first one for the yeah. second like the second well album. we've had a oh first one for the second album yes that was yeah. a great show yeah it was um, a the album show there but yeah no this was not that one so yeah. Um, but yeah, like my brother was there, my roommate, um, some friends of mine from NC State, like some friends of mine from like elementary school, um, oh like all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But um, so that was a pretty embarrassing one. What is another crazy story? Um, I hmm, I've hit somebody in the face with my guitar. Oh, one of my bandmates. What happened? Swinging, well, just swinging it around. Oh. Um, yeah. And that was not very nice of me that <laughs> I, I felt really bad about that um what else i have with caffeine daydream i was like we were playing a show and we were all borrowing the same drum kit like the guy in the third band would just brought the drum kit and let the first two bands use it and so we were the second band and um i like ended up bleeding all over his snare drum and i felt really bad about it because um yeah i just like I had, you know, I'd been doing too much drumming, I guess, too much gigging. And so that was, um, that's not too crazy, but, you know, it just, it gets pretty real in there sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else has been crazy, but I don't know. Maybe we'll come back to it. Yeah, we can come back to it. Uh, I'll go, I'll stick on the show, Tally, but what's your most fun show? Or you have a favorite show? I know you do 150, so there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> I don't know if 150 is quite the right number. It's probably below that, okay. but it, like, it's close. Yeah. It's, it's something. It's something. Uh. So, oh, favorite show I've ever played. There is a couple that are in contention. Uh, my favorite show of, like, my early semantics career 
um, was definitely the second time we played Battle of the Bands at Cat's Cradle, the Cedar Ridge Battle of the Bands, and we won. That was the time oh, we let's won. let's go. Yeah. That's cool. It was really sick. It was right before, it was like early semantics. It was before we even put out our first record. Um, it was like classic early lineup. Um, the Chapel Hill, like young music scene was like just starting to bubble up. We were like one of the first bands of kind of like our our little cohort of bands um, mm-hmm. to come about like and a lot of them are um, doing super good now um, and just like I, I really am proud of lots of those bands and our little like cohort of Chapel Hill bands but anyway so yeah that time um, we won Battle of the Bands and it was really cool we got to play an encore right. and um, we got a hundred bucks as the prize Ooh. but yeah so that was definitely the most fun show of like the early career but um I'd say of all time, the Ritz. We uh, played at the, the Ritz. Ritz. I forgot about that. That's so awesome. Yeah. Which is a two thousand capacity venue. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. We played there for our EP release show for our very last release called All I Know, and it was um set up by Emo Raleigh. Uh, yeah, and it was really cool. Um, we had just like gotten um not signed but like emo raleigh which is a production company and raleigh started managing us and getting us gigs and that was one of the gigs they got us um and it was awesome it was just like the biggest stage the best sound system um like it was it was crazy we played our entire ep we covered a song by a band called um uh oh (laughs) who is it by why can't i think of this right now um oh a band called falling in reverse yeah Mm. um and it was, it's a metalcore song. So it was like, it was really fun. Like we had a lot of fun with that show. Um, so yeah, that was a good one. But the other ones that are in contention, and this is where I'll stop with this answer because I know this is going on for a while. But the other ones that are in contention are um, a bunch of the like Caffeine Daydream shows I've played, like almost like the vast majority of them I'd say have been at um, in Boone um, on App State's campus. Well, not on campus, but um. <laughs> it's been like house shows thrown by app state students in their houses and like some of those basement shows are just nuts like and there are nights there were nights by the end of it where i was playing in three different bands at two different venues all within the same few hours and it was like all my nc state friends were there and just like all my boone people and lots of my like local chapel hill band people because they would all come to boone as well to play shows and so those nights and those shows were just like nuts we would like dress up in costume and like you know on halloween we did that which is pretty fun but there would be people like climbing on stuff and like breaking stuff it was like it, it was fun that's fun <laughs> um, what'd you dress yeah, up so as was, what's that what'd you dress up as for the halloween show i okay so it was like a spur of the moment thing we didn't uh decide to do it like in advance but um we had a show in winston-salem the prior night and stayed at our friend sarah sims house and um I think she, no, it wasn't her. It was Alex's roommate. So Alex, the singer in our band, his roommate is named Cohen. Shout out to Cohen. Um, And he, I think, had two onesies. And so me and Alex each wore a onesie. My onesie was a bunny onesie. And I forget what his was. uh, But I was a bunny, um, like bunny ears and everything. And then our our bass player, Zane, was uh, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance, um, which is a great costume. I love that. And then Alex also had a onesie, but yeah. That was a fun gig. That's cool. So transitioning from semantics to Caffeine Daydream, how did that happen? Uh, what have you liked about Caffeine Daydream so far? Tell us about that. Yeah. And so I think the uh, the first inkling 
that I wanted to like play drums in a band was when in some antics I kind of found myself wanting to micromanage a lot of the drum parts um because songs just like wouldn't feel right to me unless the drums were the way I imagined them like I kind of considered them the most important thing that I was like writing when I would write songs because the drums I think I started to realize with some antics um just control so much so much of the energy in a live situation like it is all the drummer like controlling where the energy is going how much of it there is like it's it's really a uh it's a hefty task. And I'm from a school of thought that states that a good drummer in a band is maybe more important than a good singer, the mm. front person. Um, and so anyway, yeah. So after that Semantics EP came out, I was kind of feeling a little burnt out on Semantics. Um, I had just transferred to UNC. So I was like far away from them because they had all gone to college as well um, at that point. And um, yeah, we were just not getting a ton of gigs, not doing a ton of stuff. Although some of the last Semantics gigs were super duper fun. Mm. Like, um, we played a house show in Greensboro one night. Oh, that's cool. Caffeine Daydream played at too. Nice. That was actually Alex's birthday from Caffeine Daydream as well, which was fun. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we did a good number of fun shows, but um, we just weren't getting as many gigs. And um, yeah, I had started to play in Caffeine Daydream. And my first thought when I was just like kind of feeling like um, overwhelmed by the band stuff was, dang, I should probably quit Caffeine Daydream. Like, it's just too much for me. Like, mm. I need to focus on some antics. And so I like kind of was going to do that for a bit. Like I was focusing less on caffeine daydream. Like I was just kind of like, you know, being lazy about that because I was planning on quitting and um, I was putting a lot of work into semantics and the work into semantics was just kind of not paying off. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just wasn't like, you know, it wasn't as fun as it used to be. And so um, I was having so much fun at that point with caffeine daydream because we had started doing these house shows at that point that were like the most fun things ever and we would have weekends where we would spend all weekend together us three and like travel to a couple different places and do shows and so I was just realizing how fun it was and um how rewarding it was to play drums in a band and um so yeah I eventually um decided to quit semantics and um stay with caffeine daydream and um I've also played some guitar for caffeine daydream that was part of the um like reason I left Semantics too was because Alex told me I could play guitar on some Caffeine Daydream recordings as well um and so I was like kind of invited in a way to take more of a like a leadership role in the band and have it more be like my band too that's cool you know yeah um and so yeah so those are all the reasons and it's been super fun um I just hung out with Alex yesterday for the first time in forever nice. um it was super fun we jammed for a while <laughs> that's cool that's cool yeah so I think that's all my music stuff. But I'm gonna hit you with some fun random questions. I have two. All right, um, for sure. First one: you you went to NC State, so you know Raleigh. Also, you lived in Raleigh earlier. I miss those days. Mm -hmm. You lived in Chapel Hill, and now you're in Boone. What's the best place to eat at each of those places that you've been? Oh, to? this is such a great question. Yeah. Oh, dog, you're hitting me with these like top tier questions. I did. Okay, prepare. you're the top tier guest. I prepare. So we'll start with Raleigh. Um. So, okay, when I went to, okay, I lived in Raleigh as a kid, um, yep. and my favorite place to eat as a kid when I lived in Raleigh was this barbecue place called Red Hot and Blue that closed yeah, um, yeah. when I was pretty young. Um, but, so then I moved to Chapel Hill, and um, my favorite place to eat in Chapel Hill is hard. That is a hard question, because I lived in Chapel Hill for, Top like, five. Top five? Okay, I can list them off real quick. Not in any particular order. Got it. Um Al's Burgers is super good. Agree. Um, yeah, uh, 411 West is crazy good. Um, Pepper's Pizza, which closed, is 
was crazy good. It closed, but I'm still keeping it on the list because Pepper's Pizza is legendary. Um, there's this dumpling place called Shanghai Dumplings. It's the only place around you can get soup dumplings. Um, nice. Soup dumplings are incredible. Um, <laughs> go there. That's number four. Again, not in any particular order. And the fifth one in Chapel Hill. And I'm probably missing a ton. These are just off the top of my there's head. There's so I love... much in Chapel Hill. Like, I don't even yeah, there, so but I've been to you guys. It's like, wow. Yeah, like there's so many, but like I'm talking like places that are like special to me that I go a lot. Um, gosh, what is another? I'm trying to think of one that's like not on Franklin Street. Um, but I guess I will go with Top of the Hill. I love yeah. Top of the Hill. Um, even though that is on Franklin Street, it's like the Franklin Street restaurant. Yeah. But um, Top of the Hill is wonderful. So okay, and then I moved back to Raleigh when I went to school at NC State, and so I was poor, right? Because I started college and I just didn't have a ton yeah, of money, and I fair. like I had the dining hall. So, but um, and you'll know this because you go to NC State, but in the student union on the second or the third floor, I don't know. It depends on how like you count them because everybody yeah, counts weird. them kind of differently. So um, it's super weird. Um, there's the the bistro that's open from yep. 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Um, on most weeknights. And it's super weird hours, but those are like my prime dinner time hours. <laughs> and you can use your like meal credits at NC State and they serve like kind of gourmet food. Yeah. And um, yeah, the bistro is awesome. They also had this dessert that was like, and you might have had this before. It's awesome. It's this little cast iron pan that they bake a cookie in. Oh, shoot, really? And, um, then, yeah, that. yeah. And then they put like some whipped cream or ice cream or something on top of it and it is just so good it's heavenly you have to get it sometimes. yeah definitely. um yeah so oh yeah okay so then in boone um the last place um what is my favorite place to eat in boone there is a super good i haven't lived here too long so i don't know the names of the places but oh and i'm gonna feel really bad about plugging this place but not actually saying what it's called there's this super good um thai place that an ex-girlfriend of mine introduced me to and uh, I eat there a ton now nice. um, but that place is really sick um, lots of the dinners I have out are just because um because <laughs> I cook in a lot because like still poor yeah um but uh <laughs> lots of the meals I have out so are because we're playing gigs at those places and lots of places when you play a gig there if they're also like a restaurant um in addition to a bar they will like give you like a hundred bucks for the band to all get like meals so um cool. and so yeah, it's really sick um, to be able to get, like, a free meal before a show. Um, and so, like, it's not, like, super nice places, though. So I'm going to have to go with that one uh, Thai place that I can't remember the name of. Gotcha, gotcha. Those are great. Other favorites, other favorites are Arby's and Cookout. Cookout, always <laughs> one. Always one. Right. Even the one on Western after it got the second review done. Gosh, that was crazy. Um, so those are great food things. I'm going to switch from food to sports because, you know, I had to. It's me. Right. Um, we meet if you guys don't know hudson Steels are basically family we played sports growing up a bunch um yes we played a ton of sports sports memories um there was like a two-year period okay so there okay so we played hockey all the time it was like yeah so we would go through like phases of playing different sports i feel like like we would play like hockey for a few months then we would play like basketball for a few months we like would go from golf to you know frisbee golf to like all sorts of stuff soccer anything you could play yeah. um we would do and so but there was like a two-year period where whenever we would play hockey uh and i know this was the same for you too for a while um where i was um the goalie for a bit oh and yeah being the hockey goalie when we would play in your cul-de-sac was so fun because you had like the goalie pad oh yeah and we would play with just like a tennis ball uh-huh. and um just so much fun so i specifically remember like hockey um in your cul-de-sac just being a super duper good time um 
other fun Hudson Steele sports memories. We would play all sorts of basketball, like knockout and like just like 2v2 and otherwise on y'all's basketball hoop at your old house. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was super fun because y'all had a basketball hoop in your driveway when we still lived in Raleigh and we didn't have a hoop yet. Mm-hmm. And so, and um, yeah. Um, also, we used to hang up one of those like plastic door hinge like basketball hoops oh, in yeah. y'all's trampoline in the oh, yeah. y'all's old backyard and that was so fun too so just all of that and you know we would constantly be getting hurt and it would constantly like transition into like not being fun when somebody would get mad or whatever but like all of that was super duper fun true true i agree all i remember is when when you were in goal and i was in goal in hockey and bennett would take like a golf slap shot yeah, yeah. Fear for your life you were like oh, bennett God, would just slam this <laughs> <laughs> yeah mean mean predatory shooting <laughs> for real uh also forgot about the trampoline that was fun yeah dude that was super fun great times also i throw in there beach soccer which we still do yes yes beach soccer we're going to the beach at the end of next yeah, week which so is gonna be super high. fun yeah, Cooper's got some soccer news for everyone. He could have been a yeah, soccer star. Didn't take that. I don't know how true that is. How many years is this in a row that our families have been to the beach together? Oh, I'm going to butcher it because it's way more than I think. I think like seven. Mm. No, no. It's more than 10. Okay, that's, We're over that's 10. Thing. See, I would say seven, but it might be like 12. I don't know. I think it's 12, but I could be wrong. I guess we'll find out yeah. in like a week. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we will. All right, Cooper. Well, I really appreciate you being on the podcast anyone else you want to shout out anything you have going on that you want to tell the people and how can people reach you on instagram social media etc yeah well first of all thank you for having me no on problem. Um, it's been a great time um yeah i appreciate you letting me plug all my bands and stuff but um yeah so uh what we have going on right now we have we in caffeine daydream have a couple of songs coming out really soon on spotify um like literally within the next like two or three days so if you're here in this podcast and it's out the like the songs are probably out yeah um, yeah it'll go someday yeah. so they'll be out possibly but yeah possibly by then um so yeah go check out that on spotify or itunes or wherever you get your music and um oh yeah so you can reach me on social media at cooper.statile on instagram statile is spelled s-t-a-t-i-l-e um yeah and you can find my any either of my bands on instagram um but yeah that is, that's all. Nice, that's awesome. Well, for everyone here, it's the podcast, What Lyric with the Capital Y. The Capital Y was this whole podcast. If you listen to the podcast before, we have one song where we do a deep dive. This was just a whole giant Capital Y, which I love. So again, thank you, mm-hmm. for the time. And we will see you next Sunday with Start of Season 2. Uh-huh.